Breaking news. Uh, this is an emergency podcast. Emergency is probably a little bit too dramatic. Hey guys, this is Drew and Alex. We're departing from our regularly scheduled program to bring you just a quick hit on uh, the latest announcement about, or I guess the latest confusion about uh, the APFT coming back for all you army people out there. So the the latest confusion comes from one sentence in an executive summary released yesterday, Friday, June 23rd, by the Senate Armed Services Committee. And in it is the sentence, restores the Army's physical fitness test, parentheses APFT, as the test of record and requires a 24-month pilot program briefing to Congress, and a one-year waiting period before a new standard can be implemented. Well, real quick, for people, so I don't know if anyone's going to listen to this who's not in the Army, but the APFT, Army Physical Fitness Test, push-ups, sit-ups, run. And it had been that way for how long? Like 40 years. 40 years. Yeah, we've, we've talked about this on a couple episodes. But the last couple years, probably two or three years, the ACFT, Army Combat Fitness Test, has been the new hotness, uh, which is the one that has the deadlifts and the planks and the ball tosses and the sprint drag carry. And um, I think as as was probably noticed in the Dr. East episode talking about the history of Army fitness testing, anytime you transition from one test to another, it tends to be an absolute cluster. Uh, and this was no different. Um a lot of people get involved at a lot of different levels. It becomes a whole thing, super dramatic, super intense. So I, I think a lot of people, and, and you may dive into this, but I think a lot of people involved in the army and specifically probably holistic health and fitness thought that we were kind of on the tail end of the drama and the ACFT was about to become sort of the the real thing and we were going to move forward and you know, here we go. Uh, but now I think the reason everyone is freaking out is because it sounds like that might not be the case. So fix what I just said. Yeah, Drew just said it sounds like that might not be the case. And I think a lot of context is important here. And frankly, when I first saw this language yesterday, I thought there was a chance we might not end up having to talk about this because nobody would notice an executive summary from the Senate Armed Services Committee and freak out about it. Everyone and noticed. Yeah, obviously, I was quite naive. Um, it was a few hours later when it started blowing up on social media stuff. And now today, Drew's hitting me up and saying everybody's asking him questions. And <laughs> it's mostly to troll you. Yeah, probably. It's, playing it's golf. Yeah. So we're going to we're going to real quickly or probably I'm going to real quickly break down. The, yeah, because I have no clue what's going on. Yeah, I'll just give a little context here. And at the end of this, I'll try and do like a brief version of the history of how the hell we got to where we are with the ACFT. But the purpose of this episode is a very short, quick hit of what does that sentence mean? Where does it come from? What's happening? And the bottom line up front is that nothing is happening. Nothing has changed yet. This is not policy. This is not the NDAA. The NDAA has not passed and it's nowhere near passing. So. Well, what is the NDAA? The NDAA is the National the Defense Authorization Act, and you can you can go look up drafts of it on both the House and Senate side because it has not made it to the point where they've reconciled it yet. Uh, or you can look up past NDAAs, and we are going to mention last year's NDAA in this chat because it's relevant. But most importantly, what the NDAA does is it 
it allocates money for national security stuff, primarily Department of Defense stuff, but national security stuff. This is where all the services find out what they're getting money for and how much. That's and they're supposed the to do it every year, right? Yep, every single year. Mm-hmm. Um, but it always ends up becoming a huge debate at the end, and we always get into weird budgetary stuff, and it's why the DOD can't plan very far ahead on their budgets because it's always year to year. We, we yes. basically have a military that's living paycheck to paycheck. Yes. Great. Um, and frankly, this ACFT, APFT stuff is like a tiny, tiny, tiny piece of the overall NDAA. So if you if you decide after listening to this to like dive into it, prepare for a lot of stuff to wade it's through to find like one long. sentence. Yeah. On page 17, if you're looking for it. It, no, oh, relax. It is on page 17 of the executive summary of the Senate Armed Services Committee markup of the NDAA. Yeah, what Alex said. Yeah, it, the actual NDAA when it comes out and like the draft versions and stuff are hundreds of pages. Light reading. It, it's almost impossible for like any one person to know everything that's going on in this thing. Like not going to happen. So that sentence came from an executive summary of of one part of the process and i i should probably i'm going to skip straight to what the senate armed services committee said about this document when they released it i'm just going to read it straight off their website committee approval is the first step in a months-long process to establish defense funding levels and set policies for the department of defense and energy department's national security programs the bill must now be debated and voted on by the full u.s senate A separate measure will make its way through the House of Representatives. Once both the Senate and House pass their versions of the bill, they must then be reconciled in a bicameral conference committee and then approved by each chamber before a final version may be sent to the president to be signed into law. So basically, we're at like step two of a numerous step process. This is not a done deal. But it's enough to freak out about. Apparently. So you only get your news from Instagram. So unfortunately, and I could be wrong here, somebody might slide into my DMs and correct me, the full text of the Senate markup does not appear to be available yet. The Senate Armed Services Committee markup does not appear to be available yet, just the executive summary. On the other hand, on the House side, their full committee and their military personnel subcommittee language is released. The The full committee language from the House doesn't even mention the fitness test as far as I can tell. Why is it on the executive summary, but not the full? No. So it's on the executive summary of the Senate's markup. The Senate hasn't even released the full text yet, at least as far as I can find. Uh, I imagine that'll come soon, but the, the house has released their full version and it does not mention the fitness test, but asterisk the house armed services committee military personnel subcommittee does have language in theirs about the PT test. I know we're, I'm losing Drew. I see him all over the place, but. Looks like it might rain outside. I'll read the language. It'll make sense why I'm referencing this. So what the house says, or at least the house subcommittee says is the committee acknowledges the U S army has made changes to the army combat fitness test since it was originally launched in 2021. As a result, the committee directs the Secretary of the Army to provide a briefing to the House Committee on Armed Services by January 1st, 2024. The briefing shall include, one, impacts the ACFT has had on recruitment and retention, two, 
relevant data, statistics, and a comparison of the various evolutions of the ACFT to date. And three, how the new ACFT is in compliance with the requirement in the James M. Inhofe National Defense Authorization Act for fiscal year 2023, so last year's NDAA. So much softer language there, just saying, hey, we want an update on how it's going. It doesn't say we're rolling it back. It doesn't say anything in particular. It just says, give us a briefing. So those those paragraphs of language will have to meet each other at some point and be reconciled. Frankly, the most likely outcome is probably that the final NDAA doesn't mention the fitness test. It just doesn't have to. There is no requirement that it even brings it up. And maybe if it does mention it, it's more likely to be something like what you're seeing on the House side, which is just give us an update on how it's going. So how within that, then, did the APFT rear its head? Because the idea of asking for an update makes a lot of sense. That's not going to freak anybody out. I think what's freaking everybody out is, I mean, pretty explicitly, it says the APFT is coming back and that's all they read. Yeah. Great question. Um, and I don't think we're necessarily at our level ever going to know the specific answer of like who introduced that language and why they chose yeah. that specific language. Recording live from the White House, Mops and Moes. Right. So if for anybody who's been paying attention, this has been a back and forth for a long time. It was Congress in the first place. I don't remember what NDA it was, but for some reason, 2017 is in my head that directed the services to create like gender neutral task oriented mm. fitness tests and things like that. And it's been back and forth ever since like that, that like instigated the reason for creating the ACFT. It, it drove like the Bispers and stuff. And then we, it, once the ACFT came out, there's the whole hullabaloo about like leg tucks and discrepancy in gender scores. So then we got gendered scales and then we got 2.0 where it's like same passing standard, but gendered scales for evaluations. This has been a whole thing. And I really, really feel for the people at like Department of the Army and things like that who have to navigate it because they're basically getting opposite instructions every other year. Like it just goes back and forth and they're trying to like give an answer that complies with the law enough, but like also allows them to move forward. It's tough. I mean, doesn't I, this just goes back to my thought that you should have to make a 540 on the ACFT to be able to comment on it. So I mean, I do, never gonna happen, but... I do recall from a Senate hearing a while back, I think it was Tom Cotton got up and said there would be like an ACFT on the lawn and never, like members of the committee were welcome to join in taking it. <laughs> as far as I know, that hasn't happened. I could of be wrong. Of course that hasn't happened. Quietly, but I really, really would like to see the armed services committees. You know, beaver fit, beaver fit would be all over that. <laughs> I wish, man. Um, Gonna gonna throw out some other stuff that I think people might find interesting and relevant to help provide context because everybody like ultra simplifies this whenever it makes it to headlines. I think that's the nature of like social media and the news and stuff and clickbait headlines and all that. Um, the the House language specifically asked for the Army briefing to include how the ACFT is in compliance with last year's NDAA, and it's it's important to know what that language was. So what the 2023 NDAA said was no later than 180 days after the date of the enactment of this act, the secretary of the army shall one establish gender neutral physical readiness standards that ensure soldiers can perform the duties of their respective military occupational specialties Two, 
provide the committees on armed services of the Senate and House of Representatives a briefing describing the methodology used to determine the standards established under paragraph one. So that's going to be a whole conversation, right? Because currently the ACFT is not gender neutral. And also it's worth noting that 180 days after the date of the enactment of that act would be right about now. Uh, I don't know if that briefing is scheduled or postponed or what's going on. Haven't seen anything real public about that. But it's it's worth noting that gender neutral physical readiness standards and the PT test are not necessarily the same thing. Uh, the law did not say that those standards had to be changes to the ACFT. That didn't have to be how they're implemented. Um, shortly after that NDAA passed, there were army leaders out and about discussing it, basically saying they weren't really planning on changing the ACFT a whole lot. Some of the options they presented were baselining an ACFT score that is age and gender neutral for combat arms. There's a whole question about what MOSs are going to count as combat arms and like do non-combat MOSs that are in combat units have to adhere to combat standards, yada, yada, yada. Uh, they've also discussed using the EIB, the new EIB fitness test as that combat neutral test, keeping the ACFT as its own thing. And then if you're identified as like a close combat role, you have to take that additional test. Who knows? All that stuff is going on. Um, I will also shout out because like people ignored this or just like were ignorant of it during the ACFT implementation process back when we had like the gold, gray, black standards for different MLSs. That comes from a document called DA PAM, so Department of the Army pamphlet 611-21, which lays out physical standards for every MOS. Not, not like it has the category, but it also gets kind of specific on what each MOS is expected to be able to do. I was looking through it earlier. I'll see if I have it up right now. Yeah, here we go. So I'll just read off the 11 Bravo physical standards. I think some people will find this incredibly interesting because it- That's infantry, by the in. way. Yeah. Yep. And I won't read all of them because there's a lot here, um, but constantly performs all other tasks while wearing, wearing slash carrying a minimum of 80 pounds, occasionally drags a 268 pound person, 15 meters while wearing 80 pounds of uniform and combat equipment, 268 pound person, 268 pounds, 15 meters. Correct. It's odd number. Um, frequently walks, runs, crawls, and climbs over varying terrain and altitude changes for a distance of 20 kilometers during a 24-hour period while wearing slash carrying 103 pounds of uniform and combat equipment. Um, frequently sprints 100 meters in three to five second rushes, rising from prone to kneeling while carrying or wearing 80 pounds of equipment. Um, in a team, lifts a 207-pound person one meter, so that's like a vehicle extraction. Um Wait, so you lift stuff, a 270 pound person, but you only drag a 268 pound person. You drag a 268 pound person, and, and then you in, lift them up, and they gain two pounds. Team of three, you lift a 207 pound person. I think it comes down to what kit they're wearing at the time, hmm. um, all that kind of stuff. Um, it does require scaling two meter vertical obstacles while wearing 80 pounds of kit, but you do get assistance for that. Lifting a 25 millimeter barrel. Um, Anything on there about buying a Dodge Charger? No, I think that's implied. Um, and just for for humor's sake, um, since I'm still a an intel officer in the reserve, I looked up what the physical demands of an intel officer are. Oh God! It only lists one. <laughs> it lists only one task. Type. 
and it is occasionally lifts slash lowers and carries 129 pounds parentheses computer equipment transit cases <laughs> as as part of a full as part of a four soldier team. So that's prorated <laughs> as 33 pounds for the individual soldier, and you only have to lift it to waist height and move it for horizontal distances of 10 meters. <laughs> But you do have to wear kit for that. So and occasionally. Four Intel guys get together and lift a 129-pound computer to their waists in kit. Hey, man, you got to set up the talk sometimes. It's <laughs> war as hell. There, if you keep working through the documentary, hey, Alex, thank you for your nuggets. service, man. I got you. So it is. It is even better for strategic intelligence. Um, I only look at them because they're the very next page and their task is occasionally lifts slash lowers and carries 15 pounds of commercial off-the-shelf equipment, parentheses, laptop computer with case, to waist height and horizontal distances of 10 meters. <laughs> so there's there's a whole conversation about the necessity of potentially relooking some of these physical demands. No, but, that's perfect. Don't never change it. I love that. Um, I mean, what, what other notes have I skipped over here? That's important to lay out for people. We should, we should probably close this one up pretty quick. I was going to say here to put a bow on it. I think it's safe to say that nothing is going to happen. I mean, I, I've worked around the military long enough, like these things come and go and it's always dramatic and it seems like, but I don't, I don't think that the military is ever able to engage in a, in a sea change on a dime. And there's a whole process here too. We like the army has legislative liaisons working in Congress that exist to like have conversations with people and soften language like this and make it something more reasonable. And yeah. So the ACFT is not going anywhere. If it does, we'll do another episode. Um, I think this is all an elaborate scam to cover up or hide the fact that there's a civil war in Russia. So there's, there's a lot of other stuff. Who's to say <laughs> in the NDAA, like, go read through it. It talks about funding for bases and shutting down of stuff and funding for weapons and funding for Ukraine. And like, there's so many more important things in there than the yeah, fitness test. And there's much more important stuff in the world that people should be worried about right now than one sentence of one summary of one house of Congress's committee markup. But Hey, there you go. So thanks for tuning in to this emergency episode of uh mops and Musk. Do 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 do